You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious! about to introduce um, our uh, person we're about to speak to, Don, and it said uh, it was about the author. I thought it was on the back of his book. Show show me where that is, please. About the author. I was going to read out who we're speaking to. That's it. I looked on the back flap and I thought, so this is who we're about to speak to, Don. Mm. Uh, um, You should be able to do this off the top of your head without reading do you want me to do it? This man was at Newlands. Um, was that Newlands? It. The Black Saturday David Warner triggered Australia's cricket man's most shameful scandal. He was in Birmingham just days after the combustible bad boy punched England's Joe Root in a Broad Street bar. He was also in Melbourne for, the, for Warner's big on-field moments, including, and then he gives them all, he is one of the most foremost authorities in Australian cricket, having witnessed his first test 60 years ago and written, edited and ghosted 67 books on cricket. He also was, he has also written 20 AFL books and one on the war. There is one no on the war. One on the war. I don't know which, which war. Well, we can ask him when I introduce him which war. Um, there is no more published sports author in the country than the man who is sitting opposite you, Don, and you, Ivan, and he is the great Ken Peace. He'll tell you great. He is the great... Don't talk down the people before we introduce them. He is the great Ken Peace. Welcome to You Cannot Be Serious, Ken. My pleasure, Sam. G'day, right. everyone. World War, Ken. Uh, World War Two. My old man was a commando and the Japanese, Singapore had fallen and the Japs were coming north. Darwin was being bombed every second day. The Japanese, they were doing all sorts of hit and runs. So the Australians fought back. There were 200 Australians in Timor, but they were so successful. We've gone from Timor to Singapore to Darwin. Yeah, yeah. Because it was all part of the war, Don, please. Seriously, mate. The Japanese thought there was 2,000. Australians there and there was 200. My dad was one of those 200. He was 19 years old out of Scotch College. Which, for, Melbourne? Scotch College in Melbourne, yeah. yeah. Did they... Fighting hard and doing a very good job. Because they thought there were 2,000. Was, was this the Americans that did this? They had blow-up tanks and blow-up uh, guns that... They had plastic blow-up tanks that looked as though... when they were Inflatable. So that when the planes went over, they thought, oh, shit, there's a thousand tanks here, yeah. and they only had about ten. Yeah, yeah but Mr. Peer, Mr. Peace was fighting like a hundred men. There was only one of him. They got he jumped, made up a hundred. They got jumped at dawn one day, and they fought off the Japanese, and his feet were tired about lunchtime, he thought, and he put on his left boot onto his right foot, and vice versa, because they got jumped, and it was... Pitch black. So the reason, Ken, that uh, we got you in here today is because you have a new book out called The Bull about David Warner, Daring to be Different, and you sent it to me, and I thought, 
I've looked at the chapters in it, and I'm going to say now I haven't read it because I thought the questions I would ask you would not necessarily be relevant to the book because what's the point of you explaining all the book uh, if we do an interview about it and people don't have to go out and buy it? So uh, this is indirectly we're going to interview you about the book, but I want to first ask you, do you, you've written 60, 70 books on AFL and cricket, do you vicariously live your life through the people that you write about? I wasn't good enough to play league football. So, so you, so, so, do you? So that's a reasonable question, which is not meant to be a derogatory question, but you get a kick out of writing about people that you admire. Yep, yep. I reckon that's that's true. I used to go and watch Hawthorne and Donald play. I saw Donald out sprint Sam Kekovich at Glenfrey over one day, and he told me years later that was the moment when he stood up and realised that he could actually compete. I like delving behind the stories behind the stories and interviewing all sorts of people. And from cricket point of view, Bill Ponsford, born 1900, Don Bradman, born 1908, all the way through, all the big names. I'll go across to Tassie uh, for Christmas. I'll go and see Doc Baldock and Royce Hart down at South Arm. I really love the sports stories and coming around to your joint, Sam, and doing some of your favourite yarns. I like talking about Bobby Davids, the kookaburra, all, all the greats. So, 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 okay, so who do, you, does, who do you decide? So how did you decide to write, this is your 70th book, is it, on cricket? No, uh, 80. 67th book on cricket. 67, yeah. all right, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Six, David Warner, The Bull, is just 60. Uh, how do you decide, who do you decide to write a book on and um, do you try and churn out one every year? And then who do you decide to write one on? What, Don? Jesus, it's more than one a year. Okay. Uh, no, it's, it's probably probably about that. Well, you will, you're a journo until you're about mm. 40. Yep. Sorry to be daily. inaccurate, Don, about yep. uh, it was so just a throwaway about line. odd years, you've written 87 books. Yeah, I've done all right. So this is a Wilkinson uh, books one, and Michael Wilkinson, yeah, the publisher, rang me and said, he's just made 200, can you write his life story? And I said, I'd like to speak to him and see if he can contribute. His manager, these days you have to deal with managers, yep. wouldn't, let him, wouldn't let me near him. David but, Warner's manager. Correct. Yep. And so... Which the, is whom? Uh, Who? Not even worthwhile to, right. uh, to, to, to name. So a little bit like years ago, Sam, I remember uh, doing the Gary Ablett unauthorised biography yep. and we were publicising in 3AW and it was a bit of a witch hunt on me on why would you write about Ablett when he doesn't want you to. The book was better because I did 60 interviews from Malcolm Blight to Gary Ayres to yep. Ron Hovey, all the Geelong greats, and Gary Ablett rang me up on the Friday night before his print and he said, oh, uh, Ken... I might like to be involved, but the book was better without him. And yep. it's the same with Warner, because by me not being able to talk directly to Warner, other than the press conference of being uh, with him, um, the story is told through the eyes of other people. So, so it's that, lovely. So that was um, that was the very next question I was going to ask you. Uh, do you um, so you decide to write on them, whether the people want you to write on them or not? It's a biography, of course. Not a At, biography. 
Yeah, this is a classic biography from 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 day one. I've got what, him. What uh, did you say, Don? Going up in Matraville, etc. What did you say, Don? But a biography is he telling his own. No, that's story. an auto no, no, biography. That's auto. That's auto. So Holy David's going to do his. Shit. And one of the reasons why the manager didn't want uh, my book to come out was that David Warner, once he retires from you Test changed. cricket in January, uh, he'll write his own book, which is an autobiography. So mine's a biography. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, Ken, could I ask you this? Um, um, Ken, do you get any blowback? Do you ever get any blowback from the people you interviewed? Uh, I know Gary said he'd like to be part of it. Have you ever got into trouble? Do they ever get, get, get complaints from the people you speak to? No, because I suppose I've got a, a very good name in footy and cricket. And so there's only a few over the years. Renee Kink at the Sunday Observer didn't like me always referring to his five losing grand finals. Uh, the cricketers are, are, are pretty good. They know that I've been a good player uh, without reaching the, the, the very top. I know the game intimately and I've been riding the game since, gee, since I was 17 years old at the age. I've got a good idea for another book. You should write a book on Don Scott and people he knows and people he pisses off i reckon that would sell fucking one million copies because that's about uh, that is about the most annoying person i've ever fucking met he's dismantled two microphones he's broken two sets of headphones he's eaten he's fucking can't pronounce a word properly and he's gone i'm sorry about that but um uh, it's bliss it's suddenly become bliss now um um do you do you try and write for the purists, the people you write about, or it has to be a mix of uh, salacious dirt and gossip? That's uh, or do you try and steer away from that? Are you you're not uh, shell shocked by anything you do? You're not restricted, or do you just uh, try and tell it as it is, Ken? Uh, this was totally unrestricted because uh, Warner didn't have. Uh a, a, an influence on the end product. I like to tell stories, Sam, so I'll talk about how uh, you've played 300 plus uh, games in, in white boots, but then I want to know where you came from and some of the influences and ask, I'll ask about Polly Farmer and what did he directly help you with. So it's the same with the, with the cricketers. And so I've been working for P&O on cruise ships, telling footy and cricket anecdotes and stories, Sammy. Really? Yeah, so we have a lot so of So you're fun. a raconteur. I like telling stories. So, for example... Bobby Davis, my favourite. Every time I'd come to Geelong, I'd go down to Newtown, Margaret would make a cup of cup of tea, and, a, and, and, and away we'd go. And his favourite, and I tell it on board the cruise ships, was when the great Graham Farmer was recruited to Geelong. And they're sitting in the Moorabool Street office, of course, uh, those days, you just had the footy ground, you had no uh, extra staff or anything. He's sitting with Leo O'Brien, this is in 1961, Polly Farmer's just won the a man of the All-Australian champion. Okay, Leo, what do we need? We've got a good side here. We've got Wade coming at full forward. Uh, young Sam Newman coming through the, the, the ranks. We need a ruckman, don't we, to finish us off? Yes, we do. Who are the best two? Well, there's Graham Farmer in Perth, Bobby, and there's uh, 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 the fella in, in Adelaide, Neil Curley. Oh, okay. All right. Ring Perth. I haven't got his number, but just ring the Perth Exchange. They'll put you through. And within five minutes, Graham Polly Farmer has rang up. Oh, it's Graham Farmer here, Bobby. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, 
Danny was saying, um, Bobby, who's, as you know, sports like a cooker. I want you to come and play with us. The best team, we're going to win premiership after premiership with you, Graham. We're going to win, Paul. We're going to win it. He said, oh, well, I'd really like to, but I'm really committed here in Western Australia. And as you know, I've got a really nice situation. Well, what about, we've got a trip away going up to the Gold Coast next week. Would you like to come? Oh, that'd be very nice indeed. (laughs) And so Graham Polly Palmer came on the trip away. And on the last day, he really liked it for five days of wining and dining. And uh, well, what do you think of us, Paul? What do you think? Well, yeah, I'm really thinking about it. Well, but of course, Bob, I'm I'm going to need a job. I'm going to need a a, a, salary. And you know what they gave? him to get him over two thousand pounds yeah yeah which is a lot huge thousand pounds in 1960 huge money huge money i'm going to need a a car i'm going to need somewhere to live and of course he came and maybe the cats would have won the 62 flag if he hadn't broken down after 11 games but of course 63 probably should have won 67 as well but it was just amazing how bobby was a star all australian football himself but he got more enjoyment out of going up to all sorts of places, Tulipuck to see Shatter, John Sharrick. And on the way through, they went to Horsham. And uh, the kid he was kicking with wasn't that much good. But there was a big, fat kid bouncing the ball and kicking these huge torpedoes at Horsham. Oh, who's that? Oh, kid called Wade. He's only 17 or 18. He's pretty lazy. I don't think he'll be much good. Oh, yeah. And so by the time 18-year-old Doug Wade had walked around the, uh, the street from the ground to Mackenzie Street, Bobby was already on to his second party pie. And Mrs Wade said, would you like another, another drink? Wouldn't mind if I do. And so, of course, they ended up signing Doug Wade, who uh, ended up kicking more than a thousand goals for the Cats being one of the icons. So, so I some sh- of my favourites. I should I should know this. Did you write a book on Farmer? No, no. Do you no. Write, how do you decide who do you write books on? I might, so you decided to write one on, uh, and I know um, I know um, um, the, you just mentioned his name, the publisher. Uh, Michael Wilkinson. I know Michael. Yeah, yeah, Michael yeah, asks yeah, me, yeah, uh, could, yeah. "Would he? Could he write a book? Yeah. <laughs> could I write a book? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I get on well with Michael. But uh, so he, he, you decide. Why did you decide? Because he said he just made two hundred or something. Did he you? made a double century at yeah. Christmas, and, and he, that would be enough to uh, cobble together a book. Well, I'm sure, and I've seen all the chapters. How do you decide in chronological order of someone's career? Do you do that or do you go bang with a bit of salacious stuff to start with to get people's attention? So we've hit Cape Town. the art of doing it? So I was president of the Australian Cricket Society up until last year for about almost 20 years, Sam. So we'd take tour groups away, Susan and I. And we were in Cape Town on the very day where the Australians misbehaved. They cheated and then they came to the press conference later and they told lies, Smith and Bancroft, who were the... We didn't even know Warner was involved at that stage. But then 24 hours later, he'd been sacked, Smith had been sacked and Bancroft was about... And they're all heading home. So it was the greatest cricket scandal that had been in mid-test. And the Australians went out there on the last day and they were blown away. Tim Payne was acting captain. He became the full-time captain captain after that so we happened to be in the right place at the right time for that particular story so I knew a heap of background on on Warner as a a maverick young player like years ago down at Frankston uh, where, where I live he uh, he was a young star for the under 17s but he was wild he was a real maverick he didn't get on with too many others but except his mates. He was a great team player, terrific team player, and he could play out of his skin. So if you were the fastest bowler in the world, Sam, David Warner would take you on and try and hit you for six and then laugh in your face and say, is that the best you can do? So he's a good sledger, a good competitor, a good... Yes. Um 
Absolutely, is tried to get uh, the better of you mentally. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. so do you do you admire him, or do you admire the way he plays, or that doesn't come into the equation? You just like to write about controversial figures. No, I um, I hated him after Cape Town, like all the purists. Mm. I just, just the sandpapering the ball. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it was deliberate cheating, but as I said, it was exacerbated by. The cheating that Smith said that they just picked up a stray bit of paper on the side of the pitch. But they would say that, though, wouldn't they? Well, they would, but he shouldn't have even appeared. And the, the girl, um, the, <laughs> it, it, they, they shouldn't have even done the conference that night yeah. because it was just fuel. Yeah, they've been caught red-handed, red-handed. Yeah. red-handed. So they should have. Just it was all over the it. huge video screens everywhere. So it looks so bad. So, so is this is this the first time that? Didn't they used to use Vaseline to shine up one side of the ball and hairspray and, and sweat and, yep, and, and, yep. and Hansi Kronje? Holy mackerel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this, was it a Sold huge it scandal or was it just blown into out of all proportion? It was our biggest scandal. Australian <laughs> cricket. I know it was. But and, and Warner was up front and centre and he was the man in it. But as his mates explained to me, they said... Nobody else in that team was gutsy enough, was brave enough to do what David said. Cut out a little bit of... Because they all cover, carry sandpaper yep. for their bats so they can oh, hide they? all the edges and the red, the red marks on the edges. Oh, do they? And so he cut out this... It was just all premeditated. We're not spare at the moment. And by being cheats, we don't mind... Australians don't mind losing, Sam, but let's have a, a go down and have a good time and try as hard as we can. Let's not cheat. Let's not go beyond the rules. They did. Cricket is that sort of game. Cricket is that sort of game. Yeah, there's a... F- surely... Who brought the element... Lily brought the yeah, aluminium Lily, yeah. bat out one day. Is that... Uh, you did. Uh, just right. to stick it up the, the establishment. Is that... Yeah. Is that cheating? No. No, well, well why? It's, it's it, it not was the marketing. Area. He was marketing his combat That's bat. That's right. He yeah. used it in Brisbane, didn't score any runs, and he used it in Perth. Yeah. And, and Mike Brearley reckons that the ball was being knocked out of yeah. shape by Dennis Lilly. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and so Lilly, being the great uh, theatrical man, threw the he bat. Did. Threw he the did. bat. He and Rodney Hogg, 12th man, ran out with uh, some others. A wooden bat, Greg Chappell said, give him out a bat. And um, Lilly looked at each of the bats and then threw those as well and said, I'm not, I'm, then he came back to, with the combat bat. Mike Brearley ended up signing the bat. Good luck with the sales, Dennis. Uh, regards, Mike Brearley. Yeah. So when you get set on speaking to someone, do you then delve into a second party gossip and third parties? Do you go down the line to all their friends or make a point of asking people who might have a different slant on the person you're interviewing and do you get knocked back or do they tell you to mind your own business or is it is it is it traumatic doing it in uh, some not, cases? It's not traumatic. Uh, I like making a sentence sing years ago at the age. <laughs> we all had typewriters, Sam, and there's a guy yep. called, called Paul Heinrichs who was a very good general reporter and he was banging out a story and he was smiling and I just joined the age on the sporting show, 75, you were wearing the white boots, and I thought, wow, if I could get that much enjoyment out of my job with this boy really loving what he was doing. So I really – it's intriguing. Like I like getting to the stories behind the stories and asking why and then asking them about a couple of their favourite moments. Uh, So it's a labour of love, mate. I mean, It is. You don't make a lot lot of money on books, but uh, I've had a lot of practice at it. So just to do the research must be extraordinarily time-consuming. Because you, you would have pride in what you do, so you, you don't just 
bang them out and put it together and market them. You like it to be a professional um, yep. edition yep. And, uh, and people enjoy it. Do you get feedback from the listeners, or from the readers? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, from yeah. the publishers? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, sure. Which has been your most successful um, biography? Yeah. They're all biographies, of course, aren't yeah. they? Uh, most of them. Uh, well, what, but, but, but what, what do you mean, most of them? Well, I do favourite footy yarns. I do favourite cricket yarns. Oh, yes, yarns. I'm sorry. Yep, yep, so... Yep, yep. Um, Gary Ablett, the unauthorised biography, has been the best. That went to a uh, couple of editions and might have been 30,000 copies. But, for example, like with the P&O stuff, I'll, I'll start them laughing and end them laughing. So Dean Jones was a mate of mine for yep. years and years. He was playing golf with Don Bradman one, one day. Yep. And Don, age 70, and Dino around about 25, 26, striking the ball like Tiger Woods, hitting at a country mile. Get to the 16th, and Don was just hitting his four irons and chipping it on, and... Dino's won the last hole, and so it's all square. The game at Kuyonga, Don's club, coming to the 18th hole. And Dino's ready, got his forearm out, little, a big dog leg left, uh, heavily wooded on the left-hand side, just a short par four. And so Dino's going to hit his forearm, same as Don, and then the battle of the chips. And uh, he's just winding up with a forearm. You know, Sonny, Don Bradman had this little squeaky voice there. You know, Sonny, when I was your age, I used to hit it over that tree there, straight onto the green. Did you, Don? Okay, so he gets out his drive and he swung like Tiger Woods and he really creamed it, hit it right in the middle and it's going up, it's going up, it's going up. Almost gets over, just hits the very top branch of the big eucalypt on the left, watering the green. Drops down out of bounds, Don hits his forearm on, chips on. Of course, Sonny, uh, wins the hole. Of course, Sonny, when I was your age, that tree, it was only this high. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, no, that's fantastic. So I like telling those stories, Sammy, yeah. And so do you ever, when someone realises that you're about to write a book about them, uh, or, or do, they, do you ever get... Um, do you ever get intimidated or threatened? Don't write a book about me. Do you, have you ever had people say, "Mate, don't write a book about me," or do you? Um, that's never happened. Uh, well, Warner's coach, she's batting coach, a long time coach, ever since he was nineteen or twenty, uh, and he said to me, "Well, David has told me that he didn't really want me to talk to you, but I respect you, Ken." You ask me some questions, I'll do my best to answer. And he was fantastic. He was fantastic. Like, in the last tour of England, Warner played his natural game. He got three half centuries. He did pretty well. Got 280 runs in an Ashes series. Average under 30. So still not a superstar. But the previous time, he wanted to be the team player. And Justin Langer said to him, I want you to defend... I want you to play not your natural game, defend and stick around and try and use up some overs, make it easier for Smith and Labashan, who was just coming through. This is 2019. And Woodall was, uh, his coach was just amazed by this. He said, always you have to let David see ball, hit ball, and throw the arms at him and just let him play his game. And we saw, um, you know, with this World Cup that, he's going to be a star there because he's just playing his natural game. He's so instinctive and that's what you want to be. So this, the batting coach was fantastic and leading into the 200 last Christmas at, at the MCG, he did a private session with uh, Warner under Andrew McDonald, the new coach. And he said, I can't see anything wrong at all. Okay, you've missed out here and there. I can see a big score around the corner and he made 200. Has Warner... Um He's seen the book and he's commented on it or hasn't he done that yet? How long has this been out? Uh, it's only been out a month and so he's overseas uh, in India right now. Would you right have sent now. him a copy? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And has have. he got back to you? And no, said, no, 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 ha- hasn't yet but I'm sure he will. And Are I'm, you sure he will? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, 
basically what's in there is pretty good. He was an animal uh, as a younger man, totally out of control, especially after five o'clock. No doubt about that. But he met Candace. Uh, they met dating uh, on on the social media. I actually read that chapter yeah. in the book yeah. because I was interested uh, as to how he met her. Yeah. And so she actually – and they got on so well that he invited her to come over for the test matches, yeah. last two test matches, and she did. And she stayed with him straight away. Yeah. First time they'd met actually physically. And did the – was there some pushback from the uh, cricket authorities that uh, – or, or was it okay to take your girlfriends and wives on the tour or – in, in the Did old you have days, to get permission to do that? Up until a dozen years ago, um, even the, the first six weeks of the tour under Alan Border, the girls weren't allowed anywhere. They uh, anywhere near, not in the hotel, not even in the bar downstairs at the at the start of the tour. Um, this is girlfriends or this is this wives is girlfriends as well. and wives. Yeah. They had to do B and Bs elsewhere, yeah, and so Merv Hughes and Warney, for example, with the lovely Simone, um, they had to go off, off offshore, away from the hotel, uh, to be able to meet up uh, yeah. with with their with their special people. And of course, and of course, that's in, all changed now. Though. Yes, right. and of course in. Uh, Richie Benno and Bill Laurie's day, they used to go over on the ship. Yeah, exactly <laughs> that. That's right. Yeah. Um, one of my mates, uh, Len Darling, from years and years ago, said those uh, ship cruises, he said it was like New Year's Eve every <laughs> night for six weeks, every night. It was just huge. Just you know, huge. Just, uh, you mentioned Shane Warne. Uh, is he the most um, enigmatic? Is he the most... He was... Had, I kept saying that if they ever played cricket in America, he'd be as big a pop star as any singer, entertainer. He had incredible magnetism, didn't he? Did you ever... Did you, I should know this, Ken, but did, I should have looked at all the books. You, you didn't write a book on Shane. You yeah, did? Yeah, and Shane... Did, uh, was I've written, he okay with that? Yeah, yeah. He's written... Uh, I wrote three books on Shane, did including... You, I'm a, sorry, a, I should have known Including that. a biography. And he wrote forwards for a couple of mine, including one for Terry Jenner, uh, who was the old leg spinner who went to jail. Yep, yep. And he was out on parole when uh, Rodney Maher said, uh, come and meet this uh, young Warren. I think you'll like him. And Shane Warren looked him in the eye and gave him the big Teddy Whitten handshake yep. and immediately they had this bond. Yep. Come down to the back of nets, son, and see what you can do. And he bowled him this leg break and it veered and it hummed and it fizzed and, and it hit, hit him in the hand and, wow, the imprint. Must have hit a rock, son. Try another. Threw the ball back to Shane, who was in his street clothes, bowled an even, uh, even bigger leg break. Think we might have something here. 708 test wickets later. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that he sh- that was his great... Um, Huge strength. He, no, he, his, his great integrity of Shane, that if you shook his hand, he, look, he almost looked through the back of yeah. your head. He was so interested yeah. in meeting you, yeah. whether he put it on, he didn't put it yeah. on, but he, oh, was, no, no, no. he shook your hand and looked you in the eye. He was so genuine, Shane. He was. Uh, absolute, so, I shouldn't have said, of course he wouldn't have put it on. But he would have met a lot of people that um, pestered him for autographs, but he actually grabbed people and looked them in the eye when they shook his hand, which oh, is a great sign of um, oh, being yeah. sincere and... and yeah. um, Ethical. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, one of yeah. the the books I did, I did an ABC of Australian cricket, and I didn't realise that there's a fella, and Jason Warren at the celebration of the MCG, yep. 40,000 there, talked about a kid called David Beck, and I never heard about him. So Shane was mucking around age 12, age 13 at Half Moon Bay on the pier, lots of wood everywhere, threw himself off the pier and literally knocked himself out. And I didn't had no idea about this. And literally there is, there's Shane Warren, 13 years old, floating at Half Moon Bay, uh, 
on, 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 on the water, shallow water, but he was within 30 seconds of... Face down. Yeah, face, yeah. face down. And so this kid, David Beck, jumped off the pier and saved him brought, him, brought him to shore. And so I put those sorts of really interesting, irresistible moments in, in, in a man's story. Could have changed history. Oh, yeah, right yeah, yeah. Well, this is what uh, Jason Warren said. He, none of us would be here unless it was for David Beck. So who's the most intriguing, uh, for whatever reason, person that you've met and, want, and written a book about? Uh, it, uh, intriguing, uh, just uh, that you didn't know much about and oh, uh, yeah. just fascinated you by the more you looked into their life... Yeah. Uh, have you written a book on? Uh, wait for this. Have you written books on women? No women. No, no, I haven't. No, not for any particular reason. No, no, Cess, so Cess Pepper, the old cricketer, um, didn't play for Australia, and I wrote a book called uh, Pep, the best cricketer never to play for Australia. He had three wives. He had um, three kids. Only one in wedlock. He was in a, a threesome uh, <laughs> with the youngest. <laughs> With, with the youngest of, of the wives, this is after the war, and the kid grew up idolising Cess, going to all the cricket. Uh, he became the first professional immediately after after the, the war. He was making a lot of money, £500, um, which was worth... You could do a, a little double fronter at, at South Yarra uh, for the money he was making a year. The kid ended up going to jail. <laughs> he was pretty complicated. But I knew none of this when I started this biography, but it... The first son wrote to me and said, we rang up Cess, would you like to meet your grandchildren? And Cess thought that he was wanting money and so he said, out of the question, no way, and just hung up the phone. And so this Hugh Lake, the first, uh, the first kid, um, helped me to get in touch with all of the members of the, the family. So it was a book, Sam, that just kept on growing legs and you suddenly had this amazing information that had never been written before. That's the key, to write stuff and to talk to somebody and to be able to have the ability to cajole, to help. In the end, they just tell you a life story. You just sit back. It's a great conversation. I'm fascinated why you haven't written a book on a woman. Uh, no, no particular no, I, no, I'm, reason. I'm, no, yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah, I'm yeah. not suggesting yeah, yeah. there is. But um, I think Meg Lanning would be a, would be a, a good, good subject. She's had her um, own health uh, problems uh, and, and and mental problems of late hasn't always played. Uh, no, just I'm I, I like uh, men. Just never got around to it. Uh, no, I, I like men's locker rooms. I like going to the uh, at Bo Morris, my old footy club, years ago. Yeah. Um, won a best and first. We won a premiership. I talk on Eddie Mealy in the ruck. Yes, I played and, against. And it, Mil- oh. that's right. He was thirty six and I was twenty one years old. And in the end, he ran out of gas. And at the very last throw-in, the very last centre bounce, I managed to get a knockout to David Nicholson and hit Peter Linton, the full forward, who kicked his seventh, and we won the game. Still the greatest moment. So if I go and see the Sharks play, the old Beaumaro Sharks, um, I'll go in the room. I want to smell the liniment and so on. Like Tony Lockett, the, the same guy. I, I helped Miss Vicky uh, get um, a job at Dermot Brereton's hairdresser, Peter, uh, in Frankston years ago. And from then on, Plugger and I would just like uh, peas in a pod. He would do any, anything for me, but... For every other journalist around, every other journalist, yep. including Eddie Maguire, yeah, when, he, right. when he threw, threw, when he threw the spears, yeah, yeah. right. he hated them. And the young guys would walk up to him, he'd like, piss off, piss off, fuck off. You know, he'd see me, I'd keep my distance. He'd say, he'd nod, and he'd come over when he was ready. And so we wrote a couple of books together, Plugger and I. I went up to, um, to the Bradman uh, 
they've got a big hall of fame for yeah. Bradman, Bradman Museum, and I was their guest speaker uh, for a, a Bradman birthday one year. Not, and, not, that's not at Barrel, is it? Uh, it is at Barrel. It is at Barrel, because yeah. he wasn't born yeah. in Barrel, no, was he? No, no, Kudamunda, Kudamunda, just nearby. Mm. Exactly that. And I rang Plugger, and he said, oh, I'm looking after my cows and the Plug Next Door cows. Today's just the day I can't do it. Um, and so he couldn't come. But he really, like, we're still mates now. Still amazing, which is, and, and this is the thing about sports, Sam. Like, we forget the performances, um, uh, unless it's a premiership, but we see someone and then you immediately, the stories can't yeah. start flowing. So, besides cricket, uh, you've, you've done them on AFL or VFL or footballers? Yeah, yeah. Any other sports? Uh, no, no, I've, I've ghosted with Terry Jenner, with Max Walker, Brad Hodge. I just do the ones that I like. Cricket, I love cricket. I love footy. I love footy. Um, as Petty Donald isn't here because... <laughs> now, as, uh, so, uh, so let me tell you about Don. So uh, th- this, this could be the last podcast we ever do. Don is, I'm telling you this now, that's been going on for two years. He has ripped, ripped the head off the microphone. I don't care speaking behind his back because I'll tell him I said this. He's ripped the head off the microphone. He's broken the um, earphones uh, earlier today. He eats. I've told him, it's not for me, people. It's infuriating. And a talk about the big, strong Leviathan from Hawthorne when I shouted at him. He got his tail between his legs. He's wimped out to his car and he's gone. Uh, so maybe he could have come back and said, shut the fuck up. What are you, are you talking to? But no, he's cracked the shit. He's gone home, he has. So this is 1975. And I'm a young journalist at the age, and I'm down at Crib Point at Hawthorne pre-se- Hawthorne's camp, their pre-season camp, nervous as hell, because I'd barrack for Hawthorne all the way through, and I'd see Huddo play. Huddo was my hero. And there was one famous day there where they're playing St Kilda, the second quarter, and very close game, and Huddo didn't chase. John Kenley... Said, said to his runner, Normie, go and tell Peter that unless he chases, he's coming straight off the ground. And uh, Jack McLeod, the chairman of selectors, uh, tapped uh, John Kennedy on the shoulder and said, uh, John, Hutto's uh, kicked five. Has he? Jeez, Normie, tell him to do whatever he's doing. Keep it going. <laughs> and so, and so I was, uh, I'd go and see Hawthorne players, his young bloke in between playing footy. And so the Hawthorne bikes were my heroes, Parkin and Don Scott and, and Hutto in, in, in particular. But I went down to cover the, at Crib Point, their pre-season camp or whatever, and Don was one guy that came over and said, I'm Don Scott, um, and I could hardly talk. I was that nervous. And he was terrific. He was terrific. So, um, okay, he's had, a, he's had a little bit of a he's moment today, bad, but I'm sure that he, oh, he's, he's going to be uh, back. Uh, he will uh, be back soon. He has had – I had a moment. I, I tell you – I can I just cannot tell you how the – Well, you wouldn't give him three votes for today. Uh, oh, Maybe just one. One Jesus, vote for today. Yeah. Does it every time. What about my favourite – can I tell you my favourite warning story? Fucking – Yes. Can I tell you my favourite warning story? Sorry. One of them. So Dean Jones, they're on 3AW. Dean's doing – and literally St Kilda are going to play Melbourne in a club game and it's going to be Warren versus Jones. Very rarely, rarely would that happen. And Dean gets on 3AW, uh, Neil Mitchell show mid-morning and says, uh, Warney, I know we're taking you on. I'm going to hit you for the biggest six into the Elba Park Lake. Into the Elba Park Lake. And of course, Dino comes in at number three for Melbourne. Warney's bowling, but instead of bowling uh, at the city end, the Albert Park Lake end, he's bowling from the Fitzroy Street yeah, end, so from from Topolino's. Bit hard <laughs> and, to hit it into the lake. <laughs> exactly. And Jason Jacoby, the wicketkeeper, says, uh, "Gee, it's going to be pretty hard, even for you, Dino, to knock him into the lake from here." 
Jack always said, if anyone can do it, Dean Jones yeah, can do yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Really nice. So who, uh, I was going to say who's next. Who would you like to, uh, who, would you, who, who do you have on the radar? What, what, how do you decide? There's a multitude of cricketers and a multitude of sports people. Mind you, you only stick to football and cricket. Well, well there must be some golfers. What about? Yeah. I suppose it's all been done. Though. Greg Norman's been done. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. No, I, I like um, I like knowing stuff or, or or learning new new material. So, for example, uh, I was reading overnight. There was a cricketer called Chris Lewis that played a lot of games. Yes. He was a mini junior Ian Botham. He stuck cocaine into three, basically <laughs> jam jars, put him into his luggage, and he wondered why he got caught at, yeah. uh, at Heathrow, which yeah. is the most horrible airport, yeah. sorry if anyone's listening to Heathrow, in the whole world. The security is huge there. Yeah. And he got put into jail for 12 years. I think he served six or seven. <laughs> well, like what, just personal use? Or? <laughs> yeah, 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 personal <laughs> use. <laughs> yeah, it was enough to wow. kill a, a, a lot of kids. So I'm just thinking, do I do the cricket jailbirds? There was another guy called Roy Gilchrist, a West Indian, that came from nowhere, and he was a horrible piece of work, Sam, horrible piece of work. <laughs> he, he, he not only tried to uh, burn down his missus's house after the missus had walked out, he actually got a hot iron to her and branded <laughs> her, branded her face. Yeah, no. So he was, he was a mongrel, but he could bowl fast. And he got banned from Test Cricket, if he hadn't got banned a year before the 1960-61 tour, which was the greatest tour uh, of the time, Frank Worrell's West Indians, the Calypsos, he would have been part of it. And they literally tried to get him uh, there in, in mid-series to bowl bouncers and not me, O'Neill, Simpson and Laurie, these guys. So I'm intrigued by the stories, how these guys run off the rails. So maybe that'll be just a, a, a self-interest one. I should know if you've done this, but I don't, uh, Ken. Harold Larwood, that era, have you written a book on Larwood? No, I, I, uh, I haven't. But it'd be uh, hard to probably find research fresh, that but fresh stuff because so many. Well, all these mates are, are gone. Yeah, now. that's right. So this is the key to it all, Sam. Like uh, when you start a book, if if you start a biography of Gary Ablett, you'll talk to the oldest people that you possibly can. Yep. You'll you'll talk to Greg Nichols, who was running the um, uh, uh, Myrtleford Hotel, and there's a, a young 23 year old Gary Ablett, sacked by Hawthorne, walks in with a kit bag over his shoulder. Yep. and said, uh, oh, my uncle said that uh, I might be able to get a game of footy with you. And it's Gary Ablett Sr. And he played out of his skin that year. And Bill McMaster's gone up and in the semi-final at Bunton Park, Bill Aubrey, McMaster, Gary's yeah. kicked five goals, five of the best possible goals. And he came back and saw Bobby Davis and, and the Geelong boys and said... If we were playing in the grand final at the cricket ground <laughs> next Saturday, this bloke would be in the centre. He's probably the most intriguing sports person in Australia, Gary, because yeah, he's yeah. such a recluse. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I know him pretty well. I've spoken yeah. to him yesterday and yeah. today about yeah. an interview he did, and yeah. I said, would you come on and speak about the interview we're doing about... Uh, uh, he put me on. I said, oh, no, he said... Uh, and I respect him. I just don't know why he won't... I don't know what he mm. thinks we're going to ask him, but it was only about the interview that he set up for us, mm. but he... I couldn't get him to come on, so he's. Um, mm. well, no, well, he's. Uh, what does he do these days, Gary? I I'm, don't know what he does. I don't know what he does. Well, he sells a, a deal of memorabilia. But uh, Susan, yep. he rang up and Susan answered the phone on the Friday night. I, she said, Oh, it's Gary Ablett on the phone. Yeah, Gary yep. Ablett. Yeah, okay. Yeah, g'day, g'day, Gary. How are you, mate? And Same with yeah. me. He rang me up yeah. yesterday and I said, He said, It's Gary Ablett. I said, 
Yeah, g'day. <laughs> he was in, and he put me onto this person that we interviewed earlier t- today about. See, they're, they're sensational. I like to write about the electrifying people. So, you know, Gary having calling for a meal, like they're playing Richmond at, at Geelong and calling for a meal from the social club at one o'clock, you know, half an hour before they're meant to go out. And they're going out King Seven, like he always slaughtered Richmond. Yeah, yeah. You know, that big um, golf fest, Salmon and, and Ablett, yeah. I think Fish kicked nine or ten yeah, and right. Gary kicked 14. That's yeah, right. You know, those are the guys that people want to hear about so So, i was able to do his unauthorized biography through the eyes of other people but i i kept it as a as a nice boy's own tale gary linnell did a biography of him and brought in all the drugs and all of the misadventures i uh, steered clear of that rightly or wrongly and it was a very very good book for it yeah so so that's that's the uh, that's the that's the conundrum, isn't it? Yeah, uh, if yeah. you're going to write about someone, do you do you want to know about uh, the highs and the lows and the uh, so it's a it's a good call that you make because you don't try and burn people and yeah. and, and uh, see see Warner threw a punch at Root at two o'clock in this pub. He was on Zambucos, whatever he was on. He was sailing away, yeah. and Root had dared come over and said g'day to, a, to some of the Australians in the yeah. group. And Warner thought he was out of line, and so he just threw this bloody punch mm. at him. Like, how crazy is that? And they wanted him on tour. They had a big game on the Wednesday. This was the Sunday night, I think. Mm. Big game on the Wednesday, so they wanted to keep it quiet. But word trickled back to Jollymont, and Jollymont went crazy like the old AFL with Gill. Sacked him on the, on the spot, sent him to Zimbabwe. Uh, but Greg Chappell did the forward for the bull, and it was an amazingly good forward in that he was the one that discovered him, kept on pressing him. New South Wales wouldn't pick, border, wouldn't pick Warner because he was so wild and because he was so exuberant and he did, had no idea of the history of the game and he was burning people all over the place. And Greg Chappell said, OK, if you learn to bat a little bit longer, you're going to be able to play test cricket as well as the one-day stuff. Yeah? Yep. Yeah, he said, yeah. And so to have a mentor like that, one of the champions of the game, like he, uh, Greg's a hero to, uh, for, for me, like Polly Farmer yep. is for you. Yep. And Chapel wrote five of the best pages of uh, intro forward. Uh, you know, I was so blessed. And I, I sent him a copy. I said, thank you. You really helped make so the book. So I should know this, but did Root and... Worn a makeup, or they still um, a bit like um, Ian Chappell and Ian Botham. I've never seen two yeah. people. Yeah, uh, yeah. At least I think Ian Botham tried to uh, extend the olive he branch, sure but did. Ian wouldn't have yeah. a bar of it. He, 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 uh, which was, which, which I, I reckon know Ian should have pretty back strong rivalries. Yeah. Uh, how will we go here with Don and I? <laughs> yeah. a pretty yeah. strong rivalry there. I, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think probably uh, if we would extend the olive branch, I'm staggered that Ian Chapel wouldn't. Uh, he yeah. was so belligerently determined not yeah. to do that, which seemed amazing for top sportsmen. Both of them is a sensational bloke, and we had him at our annual dinner guest. Uh, 27th of December, and we this was uh, during COVID, and the Channel 7 commentators this very day weren't allowed to go to the cricket because a COVID scare, a cameraman had, had contracted COVID. And so they finally are allowed to come to the cricket ground at four o'clock. I'm in the press box, really worried because our function at seven. Both of them said, Ken, I won't let you down, but you'll have to have me come in a back entrance, 
sipped me well away from anybody else. So we sent him way out, <laughs> out outside at Kuyong. He came in uh, the tennis courts uh, entrance, the where the lawn tennis courts are, and he did the best forty or fifty minutes, including a question and answer. Yep. Winked at me and said, "I got to go now, mate." And anyway, yep. but he was sensational, and he does a lot of sporties. And people who haven't heard Ian Botham do yourself a favour because yeah, he's fantastic. He, he, well, you're well respected, Ken, and for uh, rightly so. So, uh, did you did, did did you tell me that Root and Warner had made up? Semi, only semi, semi, only semi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only semi. The Englishman—that's like being half pregnant, mate. You're either make up or you don't. Okay, they haven't made up, and the same with Broad, Stuart Broad and Warner, because they were very suspicious of him, and they still are now. Yeah, well, Ken, it's. um, I I don't know. I think I might have alluded to this indirectly, but who who would you like? I I suppose you can do it on anyone, can't you? But who would you like to have a crack at next, or has is that just something that you think? Uh, at some stage. Yeah, it's spur of the moment, Sammy. No, spur of the moment, It, yeah. it is. Because uh, different personalities ar- arise yeah. and come yeah. and go and you think, well, yeah. there's an yeah. interesting you, character. Like, if you could get into the Nick Curios camp, for example. Absolutely. Like, just, yep. and really be one of his buddies and so on. And uh, with... Warner, while I wasn't to be directly in his camp, by talking to all of his buddies, yep. yeah, we've made yeah. a fantastic yeah. book. Same with Gary Ablett. Like I went down and 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 talking to Malcolm Blight about the grand final and the nine goals, yeah. eighty nine, and so on. And Malcolm sort of stopped and paused, and he said, uh, "What about the five that Langford started coming back the other way?" Hadn't thought of that. No, so, that's right. Yeah, yep. with because he didn't chase. He didn't yep. chase. That's you know? right. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, it's, it's fascinating talking to the stars, Sam. So Ken, I wasn't good enough to play no, footy or cricket at the highest, very highest level, but we've had a lot of fun along the way. Well, we've got – who have we got out here this summer? We've got India, Pakistan and – Pakistan, West the West Indies. Yep. So yeah, Pakistan like first. Out of them. I don't like any of them. <laughs> yeah, Australia will win 5-0. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, yeah. But then uh, they go to India and then it'll be a new ball game. Yep. Well, Ken Peace, uh, thank you for coming in and speaking to two of us. Anyhow, I probably uh, saw the third member off, or he saw himself off. That'll be an interesting conversation when uh, we wind up here. Uh, The new book out, David Warner, The Bull, Daring to be Different, by Ken Peace, forward by Greg Chappell. You're a star, Kenny. Uh, You're well respected, and I've uh, known you for a long time. So thanks very much for coming in and speaking to us on You Cannot Be Serious. You can get it everywhere, Sammy. uh, Yes, tell us where you can get it. Or you can get a hardback, cricketbooks.com.au, my website, a specially signed hardback, cricketbooks.com.au. Fantastic. Righto, what have I done? I haven't turned the sound on. I'm open around the streets late at night. I'm worried because.